Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. This episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Carol Fishman-Cohen, co-founder and CEO of iRelaunch, a pioneer in the career re-entry space. iRelaunch works with more than 100 companies to build and expand their return-to-work programs and leads a national community of over 82,000 professionals, each seeking their own return-to-work path after a career break. Carol's TED Talk, aptly named How to Get Back to Work After a Career Break, has generated more than 3.5 million views and has been translated into 30 languages. And her Harvard Business Review article, The 40-Year-Old Intern, is regarded as the seminal article on returnships, which we're going to talk about today. All of which is to say, welcome, Carol. Thanks, Jennifer. Great to be here. We've known each other a long time, and I always... Geez, I, when I've gone to iRelaunch events, I, it's, you know, it's part of it is it's emotional, but it's also skill and it's also real. And it's just, I always feel like I, I can feel the work that's happening to get women back to work when I'm at an iRelaunch event. So I, I'm very honored to have you join us today. Well, thanks for, for saying that, Jennifer. And, you know, I still get chills every time I walk into a room of one of our conferences and there are hundreds of relaunchers there who are realizing for the first time that there are other relaunchers just like them. And it's very powerful. And that there's a path and they can, you know, stand up and say, no, no, seriously, I have great skills. I have experience. I have experience I hadn't even thought I had that I can present to the fore. I just need to kind of get, you know, a little up to date on the lingo of whatever, you know, how we're talking about stuff now and and have at it. And so it's just a new skill is to learn about it. So, you know, I often we start our conversations with a stat and there was a pre-pandemic stat that said 2.2 million non-working moms with college degrees say they want to get back to work. And so what do we know about these women now? And Tell me what the iRelaunch audience is right now. Sure. So that number is from Bureau of Labor Statistics microdata on yeah. um, looking at women between the ages of 25 and 54 with children under 18 and bachelor's degrees or higher. And if you look at the percentage of that demographic not in the labor force, it's about 20, this was pre-COVID, 22, yeah. 23%, around 2.7 million, and about 80% of them are interested in returning to work, according to studies. So that's about 2.2 million. Yeah. And that population, educated mothers of prime working age, is still the dominant population of the relauncher community. So, mm. you know, women who take career breaks for childcare reasons, basically. But at iRelaunch, our community started that way. We were focused on that population very narrowly, but over time, and you know, we've been around since 2007. So it's yep. been uh, 13 years. I guess we're going into our 14th. We started looking at relaunchers much more broadly, men and women who take career breaks for childcare reasons and people who take career breaks for reasons that have nothing to do with childcare, which could be right. elder care, right. expat experience, health issue, pursuing a personal interest. Yes, that's interesting because yes, I do. I do come. I, I show my bias there that I'm over, already like I want to hear about the working moms. But yes, mm -hmm. 
And with all of these topics, the minute you take it out of the working mother only ghetto, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you realize how broad it is and how everything that that group is asking for benefits us all. So what are they looking for when it comes to a return? Because also the thing with your audience is they could have been out a year. They could have been out five. They could have been out 20 years. Exactly. So are you asking me what are the employers looking for or what are the relaunchers? That what are the relaunchers back? looking for? Are they looking for it? And, and then let's talk about the employers. But okay. what are the relaunchers looking for when they are, when they come to relaunch? Yeah. So the relaunchers really want some sort of framework and guidance. And Mm. what led to the co-founding of iRelaunch was a book that I co-authored with Vivian Steer-Rabin called Back on the Career Track. Both of us are relaunchers ourselves. Uh, We both took multi-year career breaks. Ours were for childcare reasons. And we both returned to work in 2000 and 2001, (laughs) you know, 20 years ago now. Vivian returned to executive search and I returned to uh, Bain Capital as a financial analyst in their high yield debt management group. And both of us had come from investment banking before that. So we had really lived this. And at the time, we didn't know each other when we relaunched and we didn't know anyone else who had done it and no one was talking about it. There was no no concept about relaunching at the time. So that's what started. Uh, we we ended up meeting. We wrote the book back on the career track. It came out in 2007. And we wrote the guide that we wish we had when we were just trying to figure out how we how are we going to do this. So essentially, relaunchers are looking for a framework, like where do I start? And mm. understanding that starting point can take a lot of time and thought and deliberation because you need to think about what do I want to do all over again? Like, am I going to return to exactly what I left or something? Right, because some of those jobs right. made it really easy for you to step away back in the yeah. day. So, you well, know. <laughs> actually, my company, my investment bank collapsed while I was on maternity leave with my first child. So I didn't have a company to return to. And then I just decided I'm having more kids and I'm I'm just not going to go to the next big job right now. But yeah, you're right. You know, some people don't want to go back to that job that is, you know, requires spontaneous travel, we're going to be on the next flight out tomorrow morning or 50% travel, or, you know, other aspects. And so maybe they want to return to something related to what they left, but not the same thing. And then still others, for them, the career break is really a gift. And they've had this opportunity to step back and reflect on whether they were even on the right career path to begin Mm. with. And they sometimes decide that they weren't, and they end up relaunching in an entirely new direction. That and which then makes your work like wonderful and difficult at the same time because you're you're you know everyone's not coming with the same piece of luggage <laughs> with that, them. That that's is this really important point, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you said it. I always say I can never generalize from my own experience. Just mm-hmm. because my personal experience followed a particular r- route, that is may not be at all relevant to someone else's experience who maybe is a single mom or maybe whose husband, their career path was very unstable at the time that they were thinking about returning to work and that propelled them back into the workforce sooner. Or maybe they had a special needs child or an elder care issue. There are so many factors that everyone's situation is unique, but there are still general guiding principles that can keep people moving forward and successfully relaunch later. What a lovely segue. Can we talk about a couple of them? What what yeah. are some of the the ideas that people should be kind of noodling on when they're starting this? Okay. So 
you know, we talked about figuring out what you want to do all over again. Then the next thing is once you figure that out, you need to become a subject matter expert all over again. So maybe you have to learn if you're going back to what you did before or you're learning something new, you have to identify who are the experts in the field, what's all the lingo, the acronyms, the language, what are the products, uh, what are the controversies. If you get very conversant in what's going on in your field, then one of the things that relaunchers are worried about, which is ageism or somehow coming across as stale, goes away because you can engage in substantive conversations with other people in your field and especially in the interview. And people will focus more on the substance of what you're saying and less on how old you are or how many years you had out of the workforce. So I'd say that's a very important step. And also by becoming a subject matter expert, you gain confidence. And there are a few pieces to this process that help you gain confidence, which is, we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But issues of confidence are prevalent among almost all relaunchers, even those who were senior or you know very accomplished before their career breaks. But the subject matter expertise helps build confidence. The practicing your, I know you call it, people call it an elevator pitch, but your narrative, what you're interested in doing and your background, being able to talk about that succinctly and we repeat it over and over like it's a theater performance. So you're going to talk to your phone. You're going to talk to the mirror, talk to a wall, have a friend who's working, call you up and do a mock interview. But the more repetition you have on that, the better you're going to sound, especially in the interview itself. And again, you're going to feel more confident once you feel like, boy, I can just talk about yep. that at, at any time. And you need to practice anecdotes and think of anecdotes and script them out and practice saying them for a whole range of prior work and volunteer experiences. So you can also pull those out when you need them in the course of an interview or a relevant conversation. So I'd say that also helps build confidence. Are those two things? And then a third piece is when you start to, we say you have to go public with your job search and tell everyone you know about your interest in returning to work. And we break these populations up into three categories, people from the past, people from the present, and people from the future are people you can meet by, we'll talk about that in a minute. But people from the past, those are people with whom you worked or went to school at, you know, in your earlier life. And they have a frozen in time view of you. I talk about this in my TED Talk. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Of course. It's really, I found it in my own relaunch. I went to my 15-year business school reunion and ran into a friend from Tide and talked to her in years, told her I was in year, I think, 10 of my 11-year career break. And I was thinking about going back. And like nine months later, I get this email and she says, I think I found something that is perfectly in line with your skill set. And I was thinking, what skill set is she talking about? When like a couple, you know... 15 years ago, when we were sitting next to each other as first years in business school, that was her context. And I thought, wow. So even though I, in my 11 years out of the workforce, feeling professionally disconnected, was mm-hmm. experiencing sort of like, like a diminished sense of self, I call it, because our society attaches so much importance to who we are as a person by what we yep. do, I felt a boost of confidence getting when when she said that. And then I got in touch with people with whom I used to work and they were like, you're getting ready to go back, Carol? 
that's awesome. Call me. We'll talk, you know, and I was thinking, wow, these people are really excited. They're remembering me as I was, not the diminished sense that I have of myself now. They don't know anything about that. So I found that very revealing. Well, and, and we've all had that experience where someone will call you and say, and they'll make some reference that the last time they spoke to you, and it's like over a year ago. Like, they, yeah. like no one's paying attention to you, you yeah. know. Like, so those snapshots, it's it's only because they have so much that they're carrying around in their head. So take the snapshot and make it, you know, make it what you want it to say. <laughs> exactly. That's my weird metaphor. But so how about the employers? So I want to talk about returnships because I've always loved this concept, and I think it's. It's just great. So tell us about returnships. Sure. So the article I wrote that you cited, the Harvard Business Review article called The 40-Year-Old Intern, I wrote that article in 2012. And the work that I did that turned into the report that was the basis for that article happened between 2008 and 2011, I would say. Wow. And so... The whole concept behind returnships was that it's risky to hire people who are coming off of a multi-year career break. So let's lower this, I say, perceived risk. Mm -hmm. Let's lower this risk by creating an internship-like experience where we can test people out and see what their work product looks like before we have to make the hiring decision. So that was the thinking. Um, and it also came came around the same time. The, the investment banks and Wall Street are leaders in this area. Yeah. And the very first company that, that had a returnship program, even though that was not the first return to work program, that happened with Lehman Brothers a few years before. But Goldman Sachs in 2008 had the first returnship program involving an internship concept. And actually, Sarah Lee Corporation started one the same year. A lot of people don't know that because that program went away over time. But that was the first returnship. And then 2013, JP Morgan started one, 2014, Credit Suisse and Morgan Stanley. So they started growing. And the reason that these programs started on Wall Street was because all of a sudden, the company said, we don't have enough women at mid to senior level roles. They had been leaving all the way through. And I say, it's because these companies are so old. These Wall Street companies are so old that they've had so many generations go through their whole, you know, progression and women leaving at every stage. Finally, it gets to be urgent. They they really have yeah. hardly any of these women. So they start these programs so they can meet them at the other side of their career breaks and then have them be in a position where they can come in at mid-level and potentially, you know, move up to senior level. So, so that was how they all started out. Now, in 2014, I relaunched Return to Work Conference, and that was the first year that we had up on stage five women who had relaunched their careers by participating in one of these Wall Street or financial services companies. Actually, one of them was MetLife, and the other four were the, were the big investment banks. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, a light bulb went off in my head and I thought, we have to take this concept to another sector. So we had been doing, at iRelaunch, we had been doing some work with the Society of Women Engineers. And so I went over and I talked to them and they love this idea. So I said, do you think we could structure something where we start to organize a group of companies that want to 
create these programs in the same time frame. So we worked together and created this concept called the STEM Reentry Task Force. And hmm. it started in late 2015. The first programs from it launched in 2016. And the companies involved were some of the biggest companies in the world, IBM and General Motors and Caterpillar and Cummins. And it was a great group right out of the gate. Yeah. Now, at this point, we just finished our fifth year. We have 33, 32 companies that have been a part of the task force. 23 of them have launched programs so far. Over 600 professionals have gone through task force member company programs. So each company that joins has its own in-house mm-hmm. program. And 86% of them have been hired. So the conversion rate of these programs and that number, that percentage, 86% conversion means how many complete the program and then get hired. Yeah. That is supported by similar numbers that we've seen in programs that are not part of the STEM reentry task force. And, you know, a lot of the financial services programs or Wall Street, that average. So we're like, wow, this model works. Yeah. The one comment I'll make, because we started to see a proliferation of these programs between 2016 and 2019. We can talk about 2020. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yes. So anyway, but these programs are proliferating. And what we're starting to see now is really interesting. There are some companies that are switching from a returnship model to what we call a direct hire model. And direct hire means there's no internship. The, The relauncher gets hired as an employee from day one but there's still programming around it. There's still some mm. programming and mentorship and transitional support as people are coming back to work after a career break, but there's no more internships. So when I talk to companies that can started as returnships and changed to direct hire or started as direct hire right from the beginning, I ask them why they, they chose that structure. And they say, you know, we see these either we had a hundred percent conversion rate in our pilot program, yep. or or we see the companies all around us that have these high conversion rates, and we thought maybe this is not as risky as we thought. So that's an evolution we're starting to see, and it, yeah, it's super interesting. And so, how about with the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, so what happened? Yeah, what's happened? Because we've seen the numbers of the women who are leaving the workplace. We have women who are going to be your next clients, you know, in a couple of months coming up. But what's happened with the returnship programs on the employers or all the return to work programs on the employer side during the pandemic to start? Right. I say today's employees that are leaving during COVID are tomorrow's relaunchers. So that's kind of what you were saying um, in a slightly different words. But you know, I don't think it's going to be a couple months. I think it's going to be a couple of years because one of the things that we have found pretty consistently with relaunchers is invariably they say, you know, I was on career break a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Like you, you go, yeah. you think I, I only thought I was going to be out a year or two. And the next thing you know, 10 years had gone by. Yep. Or yep. you thought just as I was sort of emerging from that childcare career break, my mom got sick and I was in an elder care situation. Mm-hmm. So um, we see these career breaks be prolonged. I'm thinking that we're going to see in a couple of years that we're going to have a, an influx of relaunchers. And in fact, one of the articles that I, another article I wrote for uh, Harvard Business Review, which was about keeping track of the relaunchers that leave your company is five years old, like this month. It's very relevant right now because I'm telling the employers, we're telling the employers that I relaunch, make sure you're tracking these high performers that are leaving for reasons that have nothing to do with their work product or their work quality. 
that is an off the chart life moment that's happening right now. Yes, exactly. And so track them. Sometimes companies do a really good job on exit interview of tracking where employees go when they move to another company, but not when they move to go on career break. Now's the time to be tracking so that so you can be in touch with these high performers and your company is top of mind when they are getting ready to come back in. So that's really important. You know, it was pretty fascinating what we saw in 2020. Uh, We saw companies that had already started their programs in person, like they usually do, and a lot of them are cohort-based. That's one of the wonderful qualities of of these return-to-work programs is you go through the program with a group of other relaunchers. Right. You have a network right from the beginning. Right. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, So that... And I actually have another Harvard Business Review article called The Power of the Cohort in Career Reentry Programming is all about how important this cohort experience is. The ones that had already started, we saw them pretty seamlessly move their programs virtually, just like companies had to move tens of thousands of people to work from home. They had to move their uh, return to work programs to a virtual format. There were variations. Some made their program a little longer because of that. Some made it shorter. Um, you know, some of them we added in individual executive coaching to have additional touch points. So there's a, a whole range of different types of programming you can do to enhance the return to work experience, especially in a virtual environment. So, so we saw that we did see a couple of months, I'd say around March or April, where I felt that there was like, kind of paralysis as far as return to work programs had gone because companies were focusing on moving all of these employees to work from home. But then it was kind of more of a lag. They started revving up again and we saw companies move to a model where they are not, they are recruiting, hiring and onboarding the relaunchers completely virtually, never meeting them. And they go through the whole program you know, in that way. And and of course, that was the same with people who didn't take career breaks were experiencing that. Right. Well, so if I am a working mom or dad or whatever, and I'm at this pandemic moment particularly is driving me to think I need to step away. I, I need to start my career break clock. Are there some things that they should be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so glad you asked me this question because people who are anticipating a future relaunch, whether it's near term because of COVID or a little further out, there are some things that you should be doing and can do now that will help your relaunch later. Mm. So number one is document. Start while you're on the job and everything's fresh in your mind. (laughs) Open up an e-file and start taking notes and start writing up when did you learn things? Uh, you know, anytime you learn something positive, negative, anytime a milestone moment, start documenting it and throwing it into this file. Because remember, when you're on the other end of your career break, you are going to have to essentially recreate the past if you don't have the notes, because you have to rely on anecdotes from your prior work experience that are relevant mm-hmm. to whatever you're going to be applying for in the future. And if you have those notes already, your post relaunch self is going to thank you for doing it now. So that's number one. Number two is to consciously list out and think about the people that you want to maintain relationships with or make sure you've solidified relationships with now in anticipation of taking a career break later. And I don't just mean 
your boss and peers mm-hmm. in the organization, but I mean junior people. Because if you think about it, those junior people are going to be moving up while you're on career break. And sometimes they can be in a position to open a door for you. This happened to me. The, one of the most junior guys on one of my investment banking teams, like an analyst right out of college, I was the MBA on the team. Yep. I was out for 11 years. He was moving up. He becomes a managing director at Bain Capital. He's the one who invited me to come in and talk to a few people. And we have numerous stories of relaunchers who are working for people who used to work for them. So really important to keep track of those junior people in the mix. That is, ooh, I like that one. And just in general, I know you're going to come back. <laughs> I think, you know, that this career break is likely just a chapter in a long story. Yes, absolutely. Um, you should keep in mind, be patient with yourself. You know, it might take longer than you think. Maybe you're not going to end up with your dream job right away. It depends on the circumstances. What is the economic- Getting out of college, why would you do it now? <laughs> but, you know, the realities of looking for a job in the middle of an economic downturn, although you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't think about that knowing, watching the stock market, but, you know, we're in an economic yep. downturn, even though it's very sector specific. So, um, you know, it might take longer. You might not get your dream job right away, but you can successfully get back to work. And if you're applying for a job at a company that does not have a formal return to work program, which is still most companies, despite all the work we're doing, and you think that the employer or whoever you're you're interviewing with is like a little nervous or, or somehow insecure about the idea of bringing you on because of your career break, you can suggest an internship like experience. Why don't you take me on for a contractor role? So you can see an example of my work before having to make a, deci- a permanent hiring decision. You can suggest that to them. Now, some managers will dismiss it out of hand. Others will have never thought about it before. And that, again, lowers the perceived risk and mimics exactly what we've built these return to work programs on. And you've brought a creative idea to the fore, right? Right. Yeah. Right. While you're, you're interviewing with them. I love it. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. Our guest today was Carol Fishman-Cohen of iRelaunch, and we'll have links to some of her many, many great articles. And of course, iRelaunch, so that you can get involved, you can learn more, and you can you know, get on your path if that's the journey you're on right now. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. Until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.